0: Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. In today's episode of the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, I sit down with my dear friend, Matt Schneider. Now, prior to Matt becoming a successful entrepreneur, he spent five years in special operations on SWAT and was a task force officer. The United States Marshals Office Fugitive Team. After his time in law enforcement, he founded his first company in 2013. And after scaling and selling the company in 2019, he was brought on board with a national brand as an executive director, which led to his serial entrepreneurship. Matt Schneider is something extraordinary. In addition to being the founder and CEO of Memento Mori Capital, Matt is the executive vice president and equity owner of a global software company, consultant and coach to dozens of eight and nine figure entrepreneurs and founder of the Ubuntu community for high performing couples. In today's episode, we talk all about the dynamics of a relationship, the importance of limiting toxic relationships and the capacity of what a healthy relationship will do for not only your health, but also your wealth, what a life of urgency is, and how to take action, and of course, the key pillars of a successful life. I really enjoyed this interview with the incredibly insightful Matt Schneider. I know that you will love this. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, comment. And if you have not already signed up for the newsletter, please head on over to my website at drgabrielline.com to sign up. Let's dive into this episode. Thank you to Apollo Neuro for sponsoring this episode of the show. I absolutely love this company. They make the Apollo wearable, which is something that I use all the time. The Apollo wearable helps me sleep better, stay calm, be focused, and more present, feel less overwhelmed. I can't say enough about this. And in fact, when I don't wear it, I really, really feel it. The Apollo wearable was developed by neuroscientists, physicians, and it delivers a silent vibration that helps condition your nervous system. It hooks up to your phone. You can pick a program, pick the intensity, allow it to run. If I am in an interview or I'm doing something, I will put it on a much lower intensity versus if I am just reading, I will pump up the intensity. It helps train my nervous system. It is safe, natural, has no side effects, and you can get $40 off your Apollo wearable. If you go to Apoloneuro.com slash Dr. Lion, that's Apoloneuro.com slash Dr. Lion, and you'll get $40 off your Apollo wearable. I cannot say enough about this technology. It has really been a game changer for me. A thank you to Ned for sponsoring this episode of the Dr. Gabrielle Lyons Show. If you are one of the millions of Americans who struggle with chronic sleep issues and you need a great nighttime routine that is non-addictive and non-stimulating and doesn't have melatonin and doesn't have CBD, then the Shut eye Chai Latte is for you. I absolutely love this product. It's called the Mellow Super blend latte for sleep, and it has adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, magnesium, smells amazing, and it has some of the best ingredients out there. So, if you like cinnamon, clove, and ginger, and you really want to develop a nice ritual for yourself that is non addictive and will not have long term effects like those potentially with CBD or melatonin, or if you are sensitive to dairy, then this is your go to product. Head on over to helloned.com slash doctor lion and use the code Dr. Lion for 15% off. That's helloned.com slash Dr. Lion or enter the code Dr. Lion at checkout. I love these products. I make them earlier on in the day and then I chill it, mix it up and have it before bed. I know that you will absolutely love it and it is safe for you, your partner, smells amazing and works even better. Matt Schneider, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You are an absolutely unique individual. I'm really excited for people to get to know you. And before we jump right into all the things that we're going to talk about today, I wanted to highlight some very interesting facts about you. Number one, former SWAT, two years on uh, the on a task force for uh, the U.S. Marshals, which you're going to tell me about that mm-hmm. um, and it was violent fugitive apprehension correct <laughs> right. um you are an epic eight figure business entrepreneur mm-hmm. all around super fit guy family man married with a child and really bringing so much value to the world so thank you so much for coming on the show I know that there is a lot that you are going to be able to offer the listener
1: Thank you. What an honor to be a part of it, Dr. Gab. I couldn't be more excited about the conversation.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your history, um, because it's very unusual that an individual goes through kind of all this uh, training and then moves into an entrepreneurial venture. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your history and what you did, what you learned, because it allows us to peek into life or death situations and mm-hmm. kind of the urgency that you always talk about in life.
1: Oh yeah, totally. So yeah, as far as the origin story goes, it almost feels like a different lifetime ago. But I do come from a law enforcement background. Um, got into that back in really in two thousand one. Everybody, well, most people. It's interesting. Now we have a whole generation of people that don't remember where they were when 9-11 happened because they were they weren't born yet, and that just blows my mind. Nothing makes me feel older than when I'm talking to somebody and say, "Where you know you remember nine 11 They're like, "I wasn't born yet." But for me, I was in the academy, the police academy. Um, when the planes hit the towers and, and, um, it was a really interesting time to be getting into law enforcement because at the time where we're seeing our country be attacked and, and, um, all these first responders perishing, I was watching it from the, um, the training center and, um, you fast forward, graduated that program in 2002, uh, continued on schooling degree in psychology was hired on with the uh, sheriff's office in Boise, Idaho. And um, I did a variety of things there. I started out in the jail, not where I wanted to be because I'd never watched an episode of Cops where they spent more than a few seconds um, just, you know, putting somebody in the jail and going back to the streets and and running and, and chasing bad guys. But um, that's where the need was. Uh, I'm actually really glad all things considered that that's where I started because as you can imagine, you can't both be a crook and a cop. So my um, understanding of criminal mindset was was pretty low but i learned very quickly in the jail a lot about the criminal mindset a lot about um the need to um you know enter into conversations and um, the need to be a salesman and need to be influential Um, and um, i learned from gangbangers rapists drug addicts drug dealers you name it and um you know just after a year went to patrol and spent um, several years in patrol, but then I found that I really gravitated towards the more dynamic, uh, you know, critical incidents. So I tried out for SWAT, and made that. I spent five years as an entry operator on SWAT. And what's LVD? SWAT? What's, what's SWAT? that? What What is SWAT for the special League? weapons and tactics? Yeah. So when the when the police need help, they call SWAT, and um, you know we say you're the SWAT or you're not, and you can always tell because if you paint a rock black, a SWAT operator will pick it up and put it in their in their pocket. <laughs> cause they're that tactical. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I had a, a amazing time doing that was involved in a lot of different critical incidents. Um, you know, we can talk about childhood and how I believe that the my upbringing and the, and the, uh, uncertain dynamics and, and kind of chaotic circumstances of growing up actually made me a, a really effective, uh, special operations guy. Um, and my ability to keep a cool head under really stressful circumstances, but um, that was actually noticed by others on the team and and through the U.S. Marshals, and so we had um, a task force that was attached to the U.S. Marshals. I was invited to try out and was selected for that team, spent a couple years hunting down and apprehending uh, some of the most violent fugitives in in our area um, for a couple of years, and then my last stint before I became what I consider to be an accidental entrepreneur was uh, I was an undercover narcotics detective um, for a year and a half. And um, one of the most probably interesting things about me that people don't know um, that's fun is that I have actually made methamphetamine twice from scratch. <laughs>
0: Nobody wants to go to your kitchen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Well, it's safe now. You know, I've moved past that, but I went to a DA school mm. and um, that was part of the prerequisites of graduation was I had to, and the rest of us, um, cook methamphetamine from um, from the ground up. I had to test 95% pure or better. And we had to do it twice to prove that it wasn't just a fluke the first time. Uh, so that's something a lot of people can't say they've done legally. And, um, but I can. So that, that's a funny story for <laughs> maybe another day. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's an uh, incredible, you know, uh, I have just this overarching question. Mm-hmm. You joined the police Academy, which I'm curious as to why, but you've spent so much of your career really not just on a superficial level, but on a very deep level, trying to chase and put away mm-hmm. bad people.
1: Yeah.
0: And where does that come from? Is that just about doing the right thing, being a sheepdog, making the world safer? Or, you know, why put yourself in that uh, position to such an extreme from, you know, a U.S. Marshal Task Force, narcotics, making math, all of these things, being in jail, um, putting yourself in a way in which you are interfacing um, with some pretty bad people.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it really comes from the, the, my upbringing of living in an environment with just a constant revolving door of men, um, that my mom was, you know, dating, engaged to, married to, and, and just over and over and over again. I never had this steady father figure and steady, um, safety and security component to, uh, my childhood and upbringing. There's five of us siblings. And so my older brother is six years older than me. He was out of the house. M- most of my childhood and so therefore I was kind of the oldest of the kids that were in the house at that point and um I just be- began to develop this real desire to um, be the person that would protect others who couldn't protect themselves and um I had a little sister she passed away a few years ago but um, she was born with her umbilical cord wrapped around her neck she was deprived of oxygen long enough to where she was mentally um Uh, disabled her entire life and was completely reliant on those around her for for all of her needs. And so there was a um, really deeply rooted element of needing to protect and provide for others. And um, that carried over into my first real job, which became in law enforcement. And I believed, and I have believed uh, for a very long time, that everybody's version of what they consider to be the American dream Uh, is different. I I believe the American dream is still uh, very vibrant and um, a part of, of this great nation. Um, And what that looks like and how people defined it, that's, that's up to each individual person. What they want to chase and pursue is up to them. But the fact remains that if you want to go out, pursue it, you want to work hard enough for it. You want to dedicate the time and energy and focus into it and you can achieve it. Um, But there are people out there who will stand in your way. There are people that will victimize. They will break into your home. They will um, rob you. They will, um, you know, sell drugs and poison our streets and kill our youth. And um, and there are bad people out there. I wanted to be the person that would stand in between those that wanted to achieve the American dream and um, and just create as much opportunity, as large of an impact as they can in this very short time that we have. Um, against all of those that would intervene or attempt to intervene and eliminate that threat and um, whatever that looked like. Um, So I've I've really found it to be very rewarding and fulfilling to be that person that would take on that risk so that others could sleep more peacefully at night and didn't have to even be aware of a lot of the things that were happening in the community. Um, That was very satisfying for me.
0: That's so noble. It's just... You know, I always think, uh, I I have these conversations a lot with individuals and not necessarily on the podcast, but are things nature versus nurture? And yes, it it sounds as if there was a nurture component. And I use the word nurture loosely because it was uh, somewhat, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing traumatic or at least it made such an impression, but your nature was instead of, going down a rabbit hole of bad behavior which I don't think anyone would have uh, faulted you for mm-hmm. or um, maybe beating up on other kids you chose a different way that was somewhat virtuous but also very protective of other individuals
1: yeah 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 yesterday you and I were, were briefly talking about you know attachment theory and and it really had me reflecting on that because I do have a very um secure type personality and while i think it could have been very easy for me to have gone down the uh, fearful path or you know the um self-doubting and you know preoccupied path i did develop a very secure type of personality with i think a lot of elements of maybe you know um dis- uh, dismiss dismissiveness um because of the need to self-soothe and and really go within But um, I learned early on that I did not want to repeat the cycle in which I was being raised in. I knew that all of these starts and stops and repeats, the fact that, you know, it was really, I was unable to develop real friendships and real relationships with others um, because of how many times we would have to uproot and move every time my mom got remarried. And she's on her eighth marriage right now. And that doesn't account for any of the other men that she dated and, you know, um, but I, I developed what I, you know, believed to be a very strong, secure personality because she was always there for us. And so while I'd never wanted to repeat the cycle and expose myself and family to the things that I was exposed to, um, she was there and I did feel secure in that way. And, um, and she made sure that we were, we were top of mind for her, even though we, she wasn't at her sporting events, or she didn't know much of what was going on, um, in, in our, you know, lives. Um, unfortunately my other siblings didn't necessarily take that same path and they did go more of this self-destructive route, but, um, I very clearly saw what was happening and did not want to repeat that and made the commitment to, um, not take the easy path. I, I really, that's what I really reasoned that she was doing is she was choosing easy over hard. And that was making a lot of things um, very hard on the tail end. So she was choosing the easy path in the relationship by throwing in the towel when things got tough. But there was certainly a lot of hard things that followed it. Um, that um, you know, I'm led me to a place where I'm very proud that Chris and I have just celebrated our 17 years in marriage and we have And a, Chris is your yeah,
0: wife. That's very exciting. Yeah,
1: yeah. We have an incredible 14 year old. We'll be 14 this month, um, your old son, and he's he's amazing. But um yeah, I just chose to break the cycle.
0: And and you did that. It's interesting. I was looking at some statistics and they said, you know, according to the American Psychological Association, approximately 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. And then the next statistic was 60% cite infidelity as a major reason. So uh, cheating on a spouse, not being able to... Really hang in there and being so excited by novelty mm-hmm. rather than a shared mission. Which again, uh, the people that I have on this podcast, you know, as I had mentioned uh, previously, really fall into to two realms. Number one, a you know medical professional, PhD, an individual who um, you know has spent a lifetime. Uh, deep in the trenches of academia. And then on the other side, there is a group of individuals that are truly exceptional, Mm. where the rubber meets the road and everything that we talk about from a physical fitness standpoint, and everything that we talk about from a science standpoint is actually, quite frankly, completely irrelevant. Mm. If you cannot embody the actions and the mental capacity to take the opportunity of life and move it forward. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have you on because, um, again, you have an exceptional background and you are exceptionally fit and you are all of these things that really make a great leader. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it's astounding that really can benefit the listener my audience and for me personally you've made such a big impact in my life you know um you talked about secure attachment and when we think about attachment attachment theory it's, it's really the way in which people function and feel either safe and secure or there's insecure attachers you know insecure attachment and, and there's all there's a variety of reasons as to why that happens mm-hmm. but um, you do create relationships, whether it's friendships or business relationships where people can actually always call upon you. I, I mm-hmm. call upon you all the time for yeah. advice and business or life. And, um, you know, it is quite profound that you have chosen that path because people who connect just in general, the connection is a two-part psychological system. It's a two-part psychological system, especially with your spouse, which mm-hmm. I know um, which we'll get to as it relates to what you do in business. There's really three pillars that you cover. Mm-hmm. and um, the uh, You should actually explain them. Uh, but I don't want to go too far into detail because I do have questions as it relates to criminal mindset. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want you to say the the overarching information that you provide, and then we're going to go back and we're going to build up to those things.
1: Okay, cool. In regards to the the three pillars you're saying?
0: Yeah, the three pillars okay. of what you teach, what you believe, and then yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to go back into your history mm-hmm. and we're going to figure out where those came from and the personal experience as to what pushed those forward and how those have evolved.
1: Totally. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned the the, the listeners and, and um, the different backgrounds of listeners, and you know, and and one thing that I would say probably the, the majority of your listeners share in common, whether they're um, very um, um, uh, successful in business, um, whether they're they're you know multiple degrees and and working in medicine or uh, science, is um you know love and connection. And, um, and this, this need to be in a community and in a tribe of others that, um, are like-minded and are cut from the same cloth. Like we need that from a psychological, um, emotional, uh, standpoint, we need to be surrounded by others who help build us up and not break us down. Right. And so, you know, um, your listeners are probably husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. And so we have these, these, these very important dynamics to who we are and what has helped get us to where we're at and you know um i i I learned um a while ago but not after experiencing some really hard lessons and challenges because of decisions i made and the poor leadership skills that i um i guess didn't have but um nobody can accomplish anything significant alone right? We, we, we cannot have really big audacious goals um, and expect to achieve those goals by ourselves. You know, your, your husband is a SEAL. SEALs are, are amongst the um, top human beings on the planet in the, you know, what the 0.0 some odd percent that they are. Um, And it requires a team to really be able to accomplish really significant tasks, right? They're very, very capable of it by themselves, but um, you know, you have a team, I have a team. And so, um, you know, this, this element of relationships that you're mentioning is critical. I believe firmly that our relationships are our riches. And so the three pillars that I operate um, from, and you know, we'll, we'll um, potentially talk about how I'm implementing this into a couples community, but it's um, health, wealth, and relationships. I, um, have a very clear eyed laser focus on those three elements and believe that if, if we have our health dialed in, our wealth dialed in and our relationships dialed in, that makes for an incredible life with an incredible opportunity to impact in the most positive ways, other people and live a very fulfilling and successful life and leave a massive footprint on this planet. Um, that uh you know it is something that at the end of our days when it comes because it's coming for all of us at some point we can be very satisfied with what we accomplished
0: so you mean death is the thing that uh we all also have in common
1: yeah 100 percent is unescapable for for all of us unfortunately
0: it's, it's the one thing that is known and uh you know I don't know. I go back and forth. Is it scary? Is it your time? Uh, all of those things, um, which I think many people have. Um, the health, wealth, relationship pillars. You know, I am curious as to what some of your background, what you learned to begin to develop and implement. Again, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there, but there are not a lot of. Uh, former SWAT, U.S. Marshal, mm-hmm. law enforcement, family, men in uh, just the way that you are, mm-hmm. as it, it's just it, it's not common, and it, it truly is that uncommonness that I think people are going to be able to really be excited about and learn from. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you uh, started very early on having to deal with criminal minds and Mm -hmm. homicide and Mm -hmm. rapists and and people that are so different than you and so different than the individuals that you help now. You really help entrepreneurs, business owners, people that want to get the best version of themselves on all different scales. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, How was it like interfacing with the mindset of a criminal, did you find that it's very different than a mindset of an entrepreneur, than a mindset of a, you know, for lack of a better word, sheepdog? Mm, or are right. they more similar than they are different?
1: You know, in some ways there there are a lot of similarities there. If you look at some major criminal organizations, whether it be, you know, the the mafia or the they drug cartels and um, they operate as a business. They op- they they are, in, interestingly enough, kind of entrepreneurs just using their entrepreneurial skills and ability to create large organizations the complete wrong way. So there would be times, whether it was with, um, you know, in the you know, interview and interrogation process uh, or the investigation process that we would interact with individuals and you would just think to yourself, man, if you would just put the, the things that, you know, and the things that you're doing to work, to help people instead of poison people or victimize people, you could have the, you you could create just as much, if not more money and have a positive impact on the world. Problem is, is there's, I could have all the empathy I wanted and and I could you know they say you know wish in one hand and shit in the other to see which one fills up faster right I could wish that they would <laughs> use it for for good but they they just wouldn't so that's where we come into play in um, eliminating them and holding them accountable for their actions but one thing that I think really the overall profession did for me and this is something that that I um I get noticed for and people pick up on is I live with an absolute sense of urgency and I was brand new in the academy we were um, discussing uh, uh, crashes and car accidents and and you know how to do things like develop drag factor and and measure skid marks and angles of, of trajectory and and things and and you know we were having a conversation about fatalities and how to investigate those and as we're having this conversation a call comes out over the radio where there's there's been a fatal crash and so our our instructor our uh, Fto says well guys, it looks like there's an opportunity for us to get some hands-on training since we're having having this discussion So we loaded up uh, went out to the scene and and um, when we get there there's a, uh, a a vehicle that had rolled multiple times and it had landed back on its wheels. It was kind of in an obscure spot and so it didn't immediately look like there was a problem but on one of the last rotations the driver, was ejected. And so, um, about 20 yards away from the vehicle, there's this dead body. And I found myself for the first time in my life, um, standing over somebody who I was thinking they had no idea today was their last day. They had no idea. And that cycle, uh, and loop with that same message, they had no idea today was their last day, um, was played. I, I couldn't tell you how many times over a 10-year career in law enforcement and um, sometimes it was due to victimization sometimes it was due to accident sometimes it was due to negligence uh, other times it was due to um, being uh, a victim of of a violent crime but as I ate each time I developed um, a more and more um, and deeper sense of urgency to live and to accomplish more um, knowing just how fragile life is. And that, that has absolutely carried into uh, the, my personality. And they say, you know, people in law enforcement, military, they change over time. Well, I think it's impossible not to, when you're exposed to the realities of, of things like the impermanence, it does change you. And, um, when you're not seeing something on a, on a movie screen that, you know, is just acting, but you see it in real life, it has a way of, of, Changing your personality to a way where you see things differently and you look through different lenses and you operate and navigate the world differently. But I have chosen to help uh, myself, my family, and those in my my circles understand without having to stand over dead bodies how to live a life of urgency. So that way you can enjoy and have as many um, amazing experiences on this earth as you possibly can with the time that you have which is unknown for all of us, and um, and leave a, a significant impact. I believe that life can be very experiential, and it can be very colorful, um, and it's up to us to, um, to create as much of it as possible with the time we have, and I do that through just this uh, sense of urgency.
0: Hmm. Do you think that there's a way to impart urgency on people that haven't? haven't witnessed death.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, it, I have found it to be the case to where you help people see what their true potential is. Um, a lot of people, they, um, they have this sense within them that they can accomplish more that they are, they are able to achieve more. Um, but yet they're not. And that's very frustrating for a lot of people when they feel like i am able to do more accomplish more have more give more donate more achieve more but yet the reality is that they're not Um, the the reason why is different Uh, sometimes it could be because of of a scarcity mindset with how they were raised you know some people have um, a, a relationship with money or people or opportunity Because of what they were told and how they were raised in their home, you know, between zero and seven years old are very, very important years in a child's life. And if they grow up hearing that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, they constantly experience uh, environments where there's there's more month than money or the parents are disconnected. You know, you mentioned some of the stats of divorce, which is really scary these days because it's more expensive now to um, to be in this world than i think it's ever been and you know if you're a single parent you're one of those you know 50% of those um, relationships that ends in divorce you're a single mom or single dad and you've got kids how do you how do you earn enough to to get by while still having enough time and energy and bandwidth to give your kids what they need to grow up in a you know psychologically uh, emotionally secure and safe way um, and that's one of the, the fears that, that I have, and one of the major reasons why we're really making these big moves to um, do more for couples. But everybody um, is capable of achieving more and um, and having greater impact. And um, I just help them, whether it's through coaching or or just through relationships, figure out what are their self limiting beliefs, what are the the things that are holding them back. Um, what relationships do they have that aren't helpful, that are toxic, um, that are derailing them from their goals? And Gab, and, yeah, I've found that in so many instances, there are people out there who have big dreams, but they're surrounded by others who their dreams aren't nearly as big. And rather than rather than realizing that it's not their dreams that are too big, it's the people around them who are just dreaming too small and and going in and... and um, entering into relationships and circles that are full of other people that are dreaming big and achieving big. They think small, they get small again and they get sucked into, um, you know, these environments where they, they never, they never accomplish what they're capable of because they, they go back to thinking and dreaming small because they, they believe that they were dreaming too big when they weren't.
0: Oh, that, that, um, has a potential to manifest a lot of regret mm-hmm. uh, later yeah. later on in life. You know, you mentioned that uh, one of the things that you see that there's a, a whole host of reasons as to why someone is potentially holding themselves back or mm-hmm. not reaching their full potential. And I think that we would both argue and say that um, there's always more to be able mm-hmm. to do. There's always more capacity. Mm-hmm. What would you say the top um three things are that really hold people back and and I'm just gonna uh, you know you said this the self-limiting belief you said the toxic relationships and I and I'm just thinking um you know about some of the the patients that i I care for and oftentimes there's this uh, you know situation sometimes that happens where uh, people work in bigger organizations, and you know, initially, it's okay. So, grow your capacity, be the best version of yourself. But um, potentially, within the the bigger organization, it's it, it's not ne- it's doesn't necessarily help that individual fulfill their mission. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is making sense. What I'm trying to say. Again, you and I know each other so well, so I, I want to make sure, of course, that we're bringing the listener on this journey is that, for example, if there is another opportunity Mm -hmm. that uh, potentially presents itself and um, while relationships inherently, some are totally toxic and some start uh, non-toxic and really help individuals get to the next level, um, but maybe people outgrow uh, relationships and maybe potentially um, does it come to a place where, People don't move forward because they're afraid of outgrowing a relationship or they're afraid of, uh, severing a connection. Uh, I I just wanted to add that into the self-limiting toxic relationships. And, and this circles back to what are potentially the top three things that really hold people back.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is such an important question and really so relevant in people's lives, um, you know, amongst those top three, I would say that something that's universal, no matter what somebody's circumstance is, is that each one of us can take a look at our circumstances. And if we determine that we don't like them, we, we, we want them to be different, we always possess the power and control to change them. What it's going to take to do that is going to be very unique to the circumstance that you want to change. But we do not have to stay in whatever the environment is, whatever the circumstance is that we don't like, we maintain and possess that power and control. Once people really grasp that and they understand that they need to get into the driver's seat of their own life, they need to pick up the pen and start authoring their own destiny and they do that. That is the first step in starting down the path of creating change. As long as people continue to accept things that they don't like or as long as people are accepting that they will continue to get it we will always get the things we accept so it a lot of times just becomes a matter of stop accepting the things that you no longer want whatever that means um it comes with discipline right discipline is a bridge between what it is that you have what it is that you're experiencing and what it is that you want and um, in so many cases, it's not a matter of a, a knowledge thing. The knowledge, I mean, we knowledge is at our fingertips. At any moment, anybody can pick up a device and learn anything that they want. And as AI is is becoming more and more relevant, it's just it's just exponentially getting greater and greater what people can learn instantaneously. It's not a knowledge problem. it's a it's an action problem. People that that see and experience circumstances that they don't like continue to um, accept it. And therefore, they continue to get the thing that they don't like. And then they're frustrated by it. And then relationships start to deteriorate. And they get less and less convinced that they're able to um, accomplish anything more and that this is just the way life is meant to be. It's not. You just um, recognize that you have the power and control to change the circumstances. Life for all of us has peaks and valleys. And, you know, when we find ourselves in a valley, which we all will, we have to start the climb out. And, you know, what, what that's going to take and how much effort and how long is, again, it's just dependent on it. Um, to, your, to your point about, you know, relationships and the fear or the challenge when it comes to growth and severing relationships or the harm that can come from them, that's, that's a two-part answer for me. Part number one is I believe very strongly in the need and, and how appropriate it is to be polarizing. Um, what I mean by that is if you look around in your circumstance and there are people, there are habits, there are environments, there are elements of your life that are not serving you, your family, your goals well, those need to be pushed out. They need to be pushed away. There's a saying out there that that blood is thicker than water. And a lot of people think and misunderstand that to mean that if I have a relationship with somebody, even if it, it's toxic and um, it's a bad relationship, and I am, I am worse uh, after having be with this person than, um, than I am without them, but they're family, so I've got to stick with them. That's not what blood is thicker than water means. The actual saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb.
0: This episode was brought to you by House of Macadamias. I love macadamia nuts. They have 30% less carbohydrates than almonds, which by the way, I'm not a huge fan of almonds. They are the perfect snack if you are on the go. You can get small little snack packs at houseofmacadamias.com slash dr lion. My favorite is the sea salt roasted. One of the other ones that I really like are the dark chocolate. They are dipped, they are very low in sugar. And they have healthy monounsaturated fats. They have omega-7s that have been linked to natural collagen production. And if you are looking for a great macadamia that is well-sourced, House of Macadamias has partnered with over 94 of the best farmers in Africa, which is pretty amazing. It doesn't really matter what kind of diet you're on, whether you are vegan, keto, paleo, standard American diet, whatever, you will enjoy these. Head on over to houseofmacadamias.com slash Dr. Lyon, and you can use the code Dr. Lyon for a 20% discount on your first order. That's houseofmacadamias.com slash Dr. Lyon, and use the code Dr. Lyon for 20% off on your first order. Special thank you to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode of the show. I am so excited to be a partner with Inside Tracker. They are always coming out. With new biomarkers. And now Inside Tracker has added insulin, which is a key biomarker for sustained energy, early warning signs for several chronic diseases. In my current practice, in which I see patients two days a week, we always get a fasting insulin level. So I'm so thrilled that Inside Tracker has added this to one of their biomarkers. Now you can head on over to Inside Tracker dot com slash dr lion and you can get 20% off the entire inside tracker store. Why is this so amazing? Because it allows you to take health into your own hands, meaning you do not have to go to the doctor to make sure that you are getting your fasting insulin and the many of these other biomarkers. You have the ability to take control. So head on over to inside tracker dot com slash dr lion you can get twenty percent off. They have so many tools and ease of use. So they have an app. There's something called Scarlet Mobile Blood Draw, in which I have used. This is really a great service. I highly recommend it. Head on over to InsideTracker.com/slash Doctor Lyon.
1: And so when I when I tell people and talk to people about being polarizing, um, even if they're family, if they are if they are bad for business. And they are harming you achieving your goals for yourself, your family, your future. They need to be pushed away. And on the opposite end, just like a magnet, you start pulling in the people, the circumstances, the habits that start aiding you and guiding you and helping you achieve those goals and uh, that health and um, and the impact that you're wanting. Now, when you're in a married relationship, the problem that can arise and I have seen this happen um, is when one person goes on a journey of personal development and the other person does not you know you made the the um, comment earlier that you know there's there's really never a point where we arrive right there's never that point where we, we we find ourselves at a place where like this is the best version of ourselves that just doesn't exist if we're willing to continue doing the work our entire life we will always have room for progress and to become a better and better version of ourselves. You know, Bruce Lee, um, you know, once said that, um, be happy, but never satisfied and, you know, be happy with the work, be happy with the product, uh, uh, the progress, but don't, don't ever get satisfied because that can lead to, um, you know, taking your foot off the gas pedal and, and, um, losing momentum and, you know, eventually becoming, you know, um, mediocre. So you got to keep your foot on the gas pedal. But if you have one person that is going down this path of of progression by way of personal and professional development, the others not, this gap begins to be created. And as that gap widens and one person is seeing um, new opportunities and experiencing, you know, new and exciting things in their life. And they are looking at the others and they're thinking, man, they're not doing their part. That's where problems start to occur. That's where um, this wedge is, is is present and one person starts to feel like the other is an anchor and taking all the wind out of their sails and the other person um, is looking at their spouse and, and thinking, well, they just, now they think they're better than me. Now they think they're, they're more important to, uh, than me. And this, on both ends, um, their passive aggressiveness starts and uh, resentment starts to, to kick in and then at, you know um the gap widens to a point where it's it, you can't reconcile now because now you're just two different people and those you know you elicit infidelity and um and some reasons for divorce well sometimes it's a matter of we just become completely different people because one person went on a journey and the other didn't and whose fault is that is it the person that didn't pull along the other along with them on the journey or is it the one that refused um but either way if if the outcome is not good not good if uh, one person goes and one person doesn't
0: yeah is that where um you decided to add in that third pillar of relationships because you've been helping entrepreneurs for for so long and obviously an entrepreneur yourself you know i always wonder um You know, you'd mentioned that love, like, you know, potentially there's a component that's about love. And I used to think that. Mm -hmm. I think love is what gets you in the door. Uh, You know, there's that excitement. Mm -hmm. But I think governing principles and a bigger mission and vision that can be like an ethos, a Mm -hmm. family ethos of going up against the world is hard Mm -hmm. and other people are annoying. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, stand. Uh, Stan Tatkin talks about how nothing is more difficult than another person. I, yeah, I would agree that. Agree with that uh as soon as people become deep family where it is there's a deep commitment whether it's deep family, a really close friendship um where it is a non-negotiable that you are now in it. Mm. And um and I think that the division that you're talking about is profound because initially, it takes a year to start seeing bad behavior in a new relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The statistics yeah. are it'll be about a year before you start to see some of the bad behavior. And at that point, novelty begins to diminish. Love potentially is always there. And then creating governing principles to move the mission forward and whatever, you know, it's, it's as if you were in the foxhole, with an individual, that we are going to battle with life. And when you are working with individuals or even in your own successful marriage, have you put together governing principles? For example, you don't threaten the relationship. You know the vulnerabilities of an individual. You have the playbook on each other. What is a way that you create this secure attachment so that you can go and become this successful individual and this successful individual that again, I know you um, behind the scenes, right? In the way that I know the individual that you are. So this is, you are not an individual that is presenting one thing to the world and then is something else. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
0: And that this is one of the things I I love about you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, Your spouse is the one person that you choose to do life with. Um, you know, our, our kids, we may choose the time to have kids. We don't get to choose boy or girl or hair color, or eye color, you know, um,
0: at least not now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe In the future, Yeah. future, well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, which will be really scary. Um, but you know, our son was, was a month early. Um, when uh, when he was born because he decided to flip uh, and go footling breached and um, our doc said he's he's not going back foot's in the birth canal my wife went in for an uh, emergency c-section and here we were um, parents a month earlier than we we had um, thought we were going to be we didn't get to choose that um, our kids will leave the house and leave the nest one day and they'll go and and create families of their own and it will be you and your spouse, right? They're our spouse is the one person that we choose to do life with. And what what I have seen happen is is there there um, becomes this element of slipping into the temptation of just going through the motions. And you know, you, you mentioned that that first year, you know. Um, you know, I think it's Dr. Atkin that says, um, you know, don't, don't even think about getting married before the first year, right? Like you're in the honeymoon stage and you really don't know people and it takes a while for people to get into their, their best behaviors. But, um, you know, people slip into this, just going through the motions and, and there, you know, there's so many different things that need to be done. And so, you know, we're, who's picking up the kids and, and, um, you know, what do you got on your calendar and this calendar? and then being married stops being exciting it stops being fun and it just becomes like a thing and now the person that you've chosen to do life with um, ends up becoming somewhat of a business partner you know or um, a colleague and that's where that that connection starts to change in a way that there's problems that are introduced you know we have my wife and i have non-negotiable core values and, um, those core values are the lens that we look through when it comes to how we approach life together and how we, um, are going to set our goals. And, you know, every year we do a, um, an annual goal setting, uh, meeting where just her and I We leave for the weekend and we determine what is it that we want to accomplish this year, um, as a couple individually and as a family. And that alignment is really, really important. Um, having, having clarity as to what you're going to achieve together and how you're going to achieve it is essential on top of the fact of recognizing what, what are her zones of genius? What are the things that she's naturally gifted at that um, I'm not and vice versa? And how can we use and leverage those gifts and talents to aid and support and help accomplish um, our goals and to Um, develop, you know, what's commonly referred to in, um, you know, the military special operations as a force multiplier. How do you go from having just two people in the relationship to having 10? Um, And that is by, by a understanding what your zones of genius are, what your uh, goals are, what your deficiencies are, um, knowing what your spouse's zones of genius goals, deficiencies are. And how to leverage them to work together. I think there's a lot of couples out there who they don't. If you were to ask them, what are what are your spouse's goals? What are what are they really, truly passionate about? What do they want to accomplish? They couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you specifically. Um, and if they tried, and you were to ask the spouse, they would say they they were incorrect, right? And imagine how how much opportunity and what's being left on the table if you don't know your spouses. Goals and and what it is they want to accomplish. How are you going to help them achieve what they want to accomplish if you don't know what they want to accomplish? Um, so it is much more about love. You can love somebody very deeply, and they could be that that person for you. Um, but are is there more that can be accomplished by way of a force multiplication by um, doing life with the person that you chose to do life with?
0: You know, um, I, I think that there is so much potential in that, doing life with the person that you chose. And when you're talking, I I can't help but think of the third, right? The third in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when I think about that, I think about you and Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And then that third is, um, you know, and I think for a lot of individuals is the business mm-hmm. or the you know, the business that, that other, it could be anything. It could be a child, a family member. It's something that takes away from that two-part psychological system, Mm -hmm. the two-part psychological system of husband and wife or partner, whoever, um, the married individuals, right? That's one nervous system. Mm -hmm. You guys regulate, co-regulate. And then the third. So the third, um, you know, I know for me, the third is going to be Shane starting residency. There Mm -hmm. is going to be a, Uh, third person Mm -hmm. in that relationship that is going to take away probably more time away from any kind of dynamic Mm -hmm. that him and I will have.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, you deal with individuals that are really striving. Mm -hmm. So how do we have a two-part psychological system that functions with core values Mm -hmm. and a a third yeah a a
1: third thing Mm -hmm. so i actually think that there's a there there's definitely three with the potential of a fourth if you're not careful so always three the the three relationships in every relationship the first one is the the relationship that you have with your spouse with yourself right um you have to have a very strong healthy relationship with yourself first if you're going to be able to give to others in a very strong and helpful way, you can't give what you don't have, right? And so that's the first relationship um, is the one they have with yourself. The second one is the relationship that your spouse has with themselves. They can't give their fullest to you. You're not going to be able to optimize that relationship with them if they have an unhealthy relationship with themselves, right? There's a lot of intimacy problems and challenges within relationships. Um, and that is a really important element to a marriage. And if you have one person in the relationship where every time they look in the mirror, they just think such negative things, and how could they be attracted to me? And I'm so ugly, I'm so this and that, and these just these negative loops play in their, their head. Would that not show up in the bedroom? Right. And, and it absolutely does. When somebody thinks that they're, they're repulsive, um, and nobody, why would they want to touch me or, or be with me or, uh, that plays a, a part in, in intimacy, which is a critical component. Um, even though your partner probably doesn't think that very likely don't think what, 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 um, the other is thinking it, it shows up. So that's a second relationship is the relationship that they have with themselves. And then the third one is the one that they have with each other right? The relationship then that the the two have. The fourth one that I, that could be a potential that you're speaking into is if entrepreneurs, or even if you're not an entrepreneur, um, if you're just like, you know, what some would consider to be a workaholic um, is the business could be the mistress. And um, you know, divorces, um, you know, happen a lot of times because of infidelity. Well, Sometimes that infidelity isn't another person. Sometimes that infidelity is the business. And, and the once spouse sees the other uh, leave every morning just full of energy, full of just ready to tackle the day. And it walks out the door with them. And, and when they come home, whatever time that is, they left everything on the playing field. The team, the clients, the, the board of directors, the shareholders, everybody else got everything that person had to give. and. Whatever's left is what comes in the house, and so the the the, the wife and kids, um, husband and kids. In your case, may you know they may think well, day in and day out. Everybody else gets the very best of my spouse, and I always get the crumbs. Um, that's when that's when um, our loved ones start to see the business as the, as the other woman, as the mistress in, in the relationship. And that's where resentment for, even though the the business is bringing in substantial revenue and it's providing amazing, um, you know, financial freedom and opportunities. If it's coming at the cost of, of we get the crumbs and you give everything you've got to everybody else, that, um, that ends up being very problematic in a relationship. And, and so one of the things that I work with my clients on and I and I speak about is the objective isn't to find and strike balance. A lot of people are trying to find balance and they say, how do I get more work-life balance? Well, if you really think about it, when we are balanced, we're at a net zero. We're not going up or down. And while that might be okay for some, people like you and I and, and your listeners, Dr. Gabb, we're not okay with being at a net zero. We are only accepting progression. We want to be better today than we were yesterday, but we recognize we're not as good today as we will be tomorrow if we're willing to do the work. So how do we continue to progress um, and get better um, while, while also not letting important things slip through the cracks? It's not by finding balance. It's actually by mix, right? And, 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 it's really important for uh, entrepreneurs, for people who are really serious about progression and achieving more, to prioritize the things that are that are non-negotiable in their life, and to edit and, uh, in some cases, delete altogether the things that really don't matter, the things that 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 are are fillers and just getting in the way of of um, achievement and just land with what are the important things. Now you prioritize those in in order. And then you give it everything that you've got when you're doing that thing. Like you and I right now, we don't have our phones on, we don't have distractions. We we are just 100% dedicated to this conversation so that we can provide as much value to the people who would honor us with their time in listening to this conversation. And we are giving everything we got. When we end this, we are going to transition to the next thing. And whatever that is gets 100% of us. Our families must be on that priority list. And there must be a time where we transition to our family. And we are giving our family 100% of what we got. Um, I am a very firm believer that if you are not doing a weekly date night where it's just you and your spouse and you're connecting and it and whether it's just going um to to eat or it's going to run errands but but it's intentionally you and them you're missing out on a critical piece of being 100 dedicated to um to that relationship and the same thing goes with the kids so it's just a mix it's a matter of transitioning from one to the other and being all in. And that's one of Kristen and I's uh, um, core values: is to burn the boats. You know, not be one foot in, one foot out. Be all in, victory or death mindset, and give it everything we have. Mm. Um, so that's that's um, some of the guidance that I that I give in those areas.
0: When you are thinking about prioritization, what is it for you? Can you give some examples of the things that? you prioritize and perhaps some of the things that you had to get rid of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Health is, is among the top, you know, when, when you and I started working together, um, you know, I was at a place where I was, uh, I think turning 40 and was very frustrated with the fact that I, that I, my body was not responding the way that, um, that it, it, it used to. And, um, when I uh, connected with you, Gab. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I just kind of verbally vomited on you to say, this, like, I'm doing, I'm, I do jujitsu, you know, four times a week. I'm going to the gym, I'm cycling, I'm doing these things, and I'm so frustrated by it. And that frustration was, was showing up in the relationship. It was showing up in, in how I was able to serve my clients. And, um, and I knew that I had to get my, 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 health, my physical health in in order, so that I could get my mental health in order and my emotional health in order. And um, that is, I believe, something that um, should be absolutely top priority for everybody. We are all leaving a tremendous amount on the table if our if our physical health and our mental health is not in order. You cannot give to others your your fullest if you don't have that. So that's for both my wife and I. That is top priority. Um, in in addition to that, it is um our marriage, our our marriage and 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 um living a life together with two people. You know, I chose her; she chose me to do life with. That there's excitement and connection and uh, new experiences um, as we raise our son. We we obviously have a series of priorities and, and the kind of Person that we want him to become, and 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 a priority for me is that I am the man that I want my son to become, and that I live in a way that as he's growing up and he's seeing what does a man look like, how does a man treat a woman, how does a man uh, approach the world, how is a man to protect and provide um, that they open doors, that they um, they say please and thank you, that they do not shake a hand sitting down, um, that that's what my son sees. Uh, In me and my wife is doing the same in a way of what does a woman look like that uh, that she's living in a way that resembles the kind of woman we want her to uh, we want our son to marry one day right and um, and that he sees her operating in the same way Um, and so you know um, the family is a top priority we obviously have priorities in um, our financial freedoms and I'm a let me ask you before you get to financial yeah.
0: When you talk about your family being a priority, does that mean phones are away? This is a set time. You guys are always having dinner together. Are you discussing, um, for example, I was at my friend's house and he goes around. He's got two sons. It was amazing. And they uh, will say, you know, a win for the day or the thing that they had learned mm-hmm. or the failure for the day. Do you have specific strategies that create? close, secure bonding.
1: Um, you say that and, and, you know, we actually haven't done this in a while. It was something that, um, that uh, our son really liked to do when he was a little bit younger, but we do the high, low Buffalo, right? What was your high of the day, the low of the day, and then Buffalo, like whatever else he wanted to, um, to, to share. Um, but uh, he's kind of grown past that as a 14 year old, but um, we, we always eat dan- uh, dinner together. Um, we, 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 um, serve dinner at the table. We sit at the table. We eat dinner um, all together. Um, we we do virtually everything together. We do jujitsu together. Um, we have been training jujitsu for the last six, almost seven years. Um, we all do it. We get up in the morning and we go. We go in the evening. Uh, we go to the gym together. And um, we, when we are doing those things, we are um, we are all in together. For us, it's about experiences. It's about um, taking the time to to do the thing my wife and I for date night last night we went to a concert and um you know the concert was was not nearly as good as the people watching and then right. just the time that we got to to connect mm-hmm. uh, you know so we for us it is it is everything we do is in threes i mean not everything right it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be um everything but almost everything we do is in threes we have three super 73 e bikes and we go on those bike rides together. We go on walks together. Um, so it's just—I would say—more than anything, we, we don't we don't try to put um, things in in compartments. What we do is we are very intentional about doing things together um, constantly. And, we, and Chris and I have created the circumstances where we get to work from home. And so right now, while our son is is out of school, is we have the the ability to um, to do things throughout the day together. And um, to take those breaks, and for him to be able to see us, um, so that's that's how we approach it. Um, is is just the intentionality around um, experiences that we create together.
0: Mm. How do you navigate conflict within the dynamic of the relationship?
1: Um, Chris is always right. No, Chris is always You're right. Welcome,
0: Chris. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. She'll, she'll, love you for that. We actually did something. So my, um, um, chief of operations, um, Bridget, she actually, some months ago turned us on to something called an Enneagram. Oh yeah. And it's a personality assessment. I, I have taken, taken a variety. Yep. It, 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 it was amazing. Um, so she's, she said, hey, my husband and I, we did this. Uh, we we did it so that we can learn how to work together and we can ha- learn how to leverage each other's personalities together. And um, so I took the, the assessment. First thing I was like, wow, this is this is scary how accurate this really describes me. Uh, my wife did the same thing. Uh, we did several sessions independently with um, with the gal that we hired to Uh, review our assessment and then coach us on it. And, um, and so after several sessions individually, then we did several sessions together where this coach, um, talked to us and she said, Matt, this is, these are the lights and shadows of your personality. Kristen, these are the lights and shadows of yours. And, um, and we walked through several different circumstances about, uh, conflict and the way in which Kristen, uh, processes, things and the way the internal loops that she plays and the same thing that I do and how to navigate through it. And so, you know, we have um, disagreements just the way any um, relationship does, but we also uh, have tools that we, that we use to navigate that and hear each other and give each other space. What, what, what I need and what she needs when, when we're not seeing eye to eye on something are very different, but me knowing what she needs and her knowing what I need uh, has created and facilitated the environment for us to, to not let something fester and not let something become something it doesn't, doesn't need to be. And quite frankly, avoid conflicts altogether. So I, yeah. if, if you're never taking an Enneagram, highly, I, highly, highly recommend, recommend
0: it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have taken it and we typically have everybody on the team take it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to tell you my number or my wing until you tell me yours. Cause I, I have a feeling I, I know what yours is. What, what is your main number? Eight. Mine is two. Mm-hmm. My, meaning mine is eight as well. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. What is your wing?
1: Um, do,
0: you, do you know your second number?
1: I, um, I want to say it was a two or a three.
0: Probably a two. I'm oh. also a two. Okay. Okay. And for those of you who are listening, eight is um, pretty much what you see here, relatively aggressive and, uh, you know, get stuff done, all the things. There's a light side and a dark side to it. They can be abrasive and single focused, all the things. Mm-hmm. We are both eights. And then a two is a helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Physicians are oftentimes twos and, um, you know, they're, they're really servants to humanity and, and those kinds of things. So anyway, if you have not taken an Enneagram, I highly recommend it. I will see if I can find a free link to one and, and we'll put it here in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. As I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about um, you know, what makes a good unit, how you know your background as it relates to law enforcement and seeing some of the things that, You've done, and then you know pushing that needle forward to the entrepreneurial space. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I was reading, and uh, what struck me is that uh, the statement that people that the people that are really dangerous are those that are weak and afraid. So dangerous people Mm -hmm. are the people that are the weak ones. Those are the dangerous people to humanity, the dangerous people to businesses, the dangerous people to relationships. Where is the strong are not a threat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The disciplined individual, the strong individual is not actually a threat to yeah. society. Um, you know, I just was um, curious to as to your thoughts on that, that's kind of just a, a blanket statement, but I, I do think that it ties in beautifully as to when we think about these pillars for health, wealth, relationships, and, and just this, uh, life of urgency mm-hmm. if you've thought much about that
1: yeah yeah i completely agree with it you know <clears throat> um people who are are weak and afraid um they they're the ones that i have found that do the most amount of um, overcompensating and there was a time uh, you know back when i opened up our first company in that 2013 2014 time frame where i was completely different Um, from the person that I was presenting myself to be and I was taking that fake it till you make it approach I was a brand new entrepreneur I my business acumen was very low and when people would ask me how things were going I would tell them oh it's great things are great well what they didn't know is things were not great they weren't great um, uh, business-wise they weren't great relationally they weren't great financially um, we were starting to swirl the toilet bowl in all of the important, our health, wealth and relationships were, were not good back then. And I was very, was this, we, your, was this
0: your first job after mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement?
1: Yep. Yep. First company we started um, well, it was a special operations training company. It was a credible company. I was just a shitty leader. And so, um, which is surprising
0: had, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at law enforcement, us marshals that's all team mm-hmm. you know the successive and, and livelihood and and part-time meth cook uh yeah exactly is yeah. uh dependent your survival is is as a team yeah.
1: yeah yeah i i think i think um working around civilians and um having you know being in a customer service kind of standpoint um it looked in was very different than what i thought it was going to look like in leading people um who don't have to be there? Who aren't, you know, there professionally because they've 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 you know um, passed all the, the the tests and and overcame all the the things to be given the nod to join the team and, um, in a special operations environment can look very different um, when you're when you're in business. It wasn't their fault again. Like I I, I had a, a a great team, a great business model, but um, it didn't translate as well as I thought it was going to translate. Um, and so I was very weak and, and in a lot of ways, very vulnerable, but I wasn't letting that vulnerability through because of ego and pride. And so the reason why, you know, I, I do believe it to be true that the ones that are, that are weak are the ones that are most dangerous is because they, they are not being authentic a lot of times because of the protection of their ego and their pride and to avoid humiliation, avoid, um, you know, um. People seeing the reality, they will take a stance on something that is not, in fact, real, and they will fight tooth and nail to defend it. Um, and they will they will be like a um, an animal that is cornered um, mm-hmm. that will that will um, act out sometimes aggressively to defend the the pride and ego so they don't get exposed. The some of the most humble people I know um, are. They, ha- they have the most incredible backgrounds, um, but you would never know it because they don't have anything to prove to anybody. They just are who they are, right? You know, um, Shane is a perfect example of that. You you talk to the guy, you're around the guy, and you'd know he's massively intelligent. He's, he's he's a very smart guy, but you would never say there, that's a Navy SEAL. Right. You would never know what he right. did unless he chose to tell you. But he doesn't walk around telling people, that he is and he doesn't have to because he he knows he did what he did he he earned his trident he earned all of the accolades along the way he is mm-hmm. earning his his md he's done and he's
0: actually published 12 papers first author papers see uh, he's so humble
1: i didn't even know he's already done <laughs> well, is right? he
0: is a physician um You know, not to interrupt you, but I do want to highlight what you're saying because. So, for those of you who are first time listeners, shame on you. Uh, No, just kidding. (laughs) Totally kidding. Uh, At the eight coming out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, My husband um, is is a former Navy SEAL. Was a Navy SEAL for ten years. While he was deployed in Afghanistan and at war, he taught himself uh, calculus and physics because he knew he wanted to go to medical school. So in between operations, instead of playing a video game, sorry, guys, I know that you're playing Xbox. He was studying and really working hard because he had a, a bigger a bigger vision in mind. Um, so that's a little background on Shane. And we, I got a tribute video for Shane. Uh, when he graduated medical school, I knew all the things that had gone into it. And so I reached out to people he really respected. And he has a friend and somewhat of a mentor who is a a current Navy SEAL astronaut who went to Harvard Medical School was in Jocko's platoon. Mm-hmm. And I reached out, reached out to this gentleman and I said, hey, I'm making the video for Shane. I hear I'm going to you know, send you over this link. Can you say a few words? Mm-hmm. Incredibly accomplished, right? Father of three, mm-hmm. current astronaut. Yeah. And his message, his video was always be humble and just really be a good person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, he could have said, I'll be the best and had a lot of bravado and said all these other things. But it was like, hey, man, you know, Shane, you've got a lot of this figured out. You're doing the right thing. Always, you know, do your best. Be humble. Just be a really good human. And the rest falls yeah. into place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, <clears throat> how dangerous could a guy like that really be if he wanted to be? Right. Right. But that, right. that's his advice. His advice is to to be humble, you know? Uh, so that, that's, that just says it right there. You know, you, the, 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 ones that are, that are, um, confident and secure that have nothing to prove to anybody. They're, they're not the ones to worry about. It's the ones that are protecting their ego, uh, protecting their pride, living unauthentically. Um, those are the ones that are, that are uh, emotionally very fragile and, um, and are the ones that can become the most lethal in a variety of different ways.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, the, um, and I'm going to butcher this saying, but it was those who know how to wield the sword, but can keep it sheathed. Um, those are the ones that are really dangerous, yeah. you know, because yeah. they are the ones that they are the most powerful.
1: Yeah, totally. Um,
0: the other two pillars that you talk a lot about, we, we've talked about um, relationships, we've talked about health, which you've really done an amazing job with, and, and you are very disciplined. You know, it's interesting you were joking and saying uh, you weren't really living up to your potential physically, mm-hmm. but you were, I mean, you were, it was something crazy. It was jujitsu at this time, and then training, and it, it was it was a whole host of things, mm-hmm. and now moving um, to kind of that wealth piece. Cause you know, we were just talking about how your first job out of law enforcement, you decided to create. So what was it? It was um, a company that was uh, security or you were providing weapon. What was it? It
1: you was a, it? Tr- yeah, it was a training company. So it's something that, uh, so living in Idaho, we, we have um, the desert, we have the mountains, we have urban, we have rural, we have the um, Mount home air force base and then Gowan field um, all nearby. So we entertain a lot of tier one type teams, which gave me the opportunity when I was in SWAT to be able to train with a lot of tier one teams, you know, when they were on their training rotations, they would oftentimes come here because they could in one place, get a lot of different training in whether it was high altitude stuff or desert stuff or, and, um, and so I was exposed to some really cool training environments. So this company was basically a, a replication of, of some of the things that, um, I had the opportunity to train, but was strictly for government. So this particular company, it was, um, both open to law enforcement, military, and civilians because Idaho was a very pro second amendment, uh, very pro self-defense state. A lot of people, um, have chosen to, you know, carry firearms concealed or have them in their homes, but they, there's a real need for training so that they don't make a mistake that ends up costing them their freedom or life. So that's what that company was, um, and um, started that in 2013.
0: And were you able to turn it around?
1: We were, yep, yeah. So because of mentorship and coaching, because of of really doing a lot of the things that that I mentioned earlier, no longer accepting the things that I wanted to uh, to get um, to, you know, taking off the mask, uh, refusing to um, to be unauthentic and have superficial conversations and you know at that time it was um hiring my first coach at a time when i could not afford a coach and a mentor okay. uh the cost of not doing it at that time was was going to be my my marriage was going to be a financial bankruptcy and so I hired a coach and that was for the first time when i was introduced um to real um personal and professional development i came from an environment where professional development by way of shooting and tactics and those kinds of things was very prevalent but I was really very ignorant to what, um, personal development was and, um, and how important it is in our lives. As soon as I got immersed into that world and mm-hmm. started choosing to listen to podcasts versus, you know, um, Spotify, um, or unless I was listening to your podcast on Spotify it's, or, it's on, you know, it's
0: on iTunes as well. Everybody.
1: And on t- and it definitely and maybe on they would
0: know because they're probably listening anyway.
1: T- totally. Um, you know, chose, chose to, to read books, um, uh, versus, you know, Netflix. Um, that's when I really, everything started to open up. That's where these pillars really started to get rooted in. And we did round the corner, sold the company, uh, in 2019 and, um, and then started a variety of others since.
0: And do you like the, well, first of all, I, I don't know if it's a, a guy thing because when I need help, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, mm-hmm. Matt. Uh, you know, I I do not wait long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's immediate execute. Help me. I have no clue. Um, Who knows if that's just a a personality thing or um, a do-it-yourself thing. When you sold the company and now you're doing a whole host of other ventures, I know that you have, um, do you want to just mention them?
1: Sure. Yeah. You
0: don't have to, if you wanted to, it's just, it's amazing to see how diverse that a guy who came from law enforcement, who is, you know, chasing down homicide people uh, has really evolved their life through discipline and very conscientious living.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes I, I look back and think it was just a different lifetime ago that I did those other things at this point. Um, but um, I'm the executive vice president and a co-owner of a, um, of a software company, um, a pretty substantial software company. And uh, that company in particular, we have a target valuation of $100 million. Um, and uh, we're uh, getting to a point to where we're really excited about the number and opportunity to take an exit there. Um, I do executive level entrepreneurial coaching and have for the last few years, part of my Enneagram um, what I learned is that I love rooting for the underdog. I I love working with uh, with people and helping them elevate themselves out. Part of my journey was I was um, a a um, a student of a um, of a coach and a mentor. I established early on. We should you know the one of the best ways to achieve a lot in life is to have a CEO mindset with a white belt mentality. And, you know, you mentioned that you're quick to pick up the phone and call me or others that you trust and ask for advice. Um, That was a part of me that didn't exist before. And I think um, part of it was because of just, you know, how it made me look weak uh, to ask questions or to call somebody and and what they might think about that. Um, When in reality, that was what I should have been doing all along. And, you know, you're a great example of how, you know, if you want to get really, really successful be a boss, have a CEO mindset, but also have a white belt mentality to where you're willing to ask questions, um, when those questions arise and that you're not expected to have all the answers. And one of the worst things you can do is take the fake it till you make it approach and make decisions and not ask for advice or guidance simply because I don't want other people to perceive me to be weak or like, I I should know this, but I don't know this because there are others out there who, um, are willing to help and would love to help. And I, you know, been able to develop to a place to where I can now give back and be that coach and mentor to others. Um, and that's um, been incredibly successful. And um, I just feel very, very fortunate to be able to work with some incredible entrepreneurs and helping them scale their companies. Um, we are uh, investors into a luxury um, home uh, equity fund. And um, that's a really exciting uh, thing that we have going. And uh, of course, we have this this event coming up in July, which launches our couples community Um, That I'm, you know, massively excited for uh, that next step. Brand new. I've never, you know, um, gone down this path, which makes it exciting and scary and exciting all at the same time.
0: Will you tell me? So first of all, I so regret not being able to be at this event because uh, one of my best friends is getting married, Mm -hmm. but you have to slot me in. I will be at the next one. 100%. Um, So
1: Please. We're coming to you if you can't come to us next uh, time.
0: There. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Lots of great shooting ranges here. Yes, um, maybe not as good as where you are, but can you talk a little bit about the event? I, I think it's going to be, again, so I know you, work with you. Uh, yes, I am your doctor. You are also a friend. You are someone who I go to and look to for advice. And it's just been, I'm so grateful to have um, your friendship and your mentorship truly, truly, truly. Uh, so I would love for you to tell people where they can sign up for this event find this event all the things that you are doing which I think are very profound and important
1: yeah well, thank you I, and I appreciate the opportunity and some I think people would laugh sometimes if they saw that our text messages back and forth were like <laughs> you know you're the best no you're the best no you're seriously the best like no you are if it's like when you know you're young and you yeah. like, no you hang up you no know? uh, <laughs> but gab uh, yeah, I, I it is truly such an incredible incredible privilege to be, um, in your circle and, and, um, to be a friend and and a patient, um, and to get to connect with you as much as I do. Before I talk specifically about the event, I do have to give some love where love is deserved. And, um, and when I wanted to start this community, I was trying to figure out how do we scale? You know, I, as a, as a kid, I wanted to break the cycle of, of broken, marriages and relationships and, and feel very proud about what we've been able to accomplish by way of being together 20 years, married for 17. And, and how do we start dealing with combating these statistics of so many failed marriages and and broken homes and kids being in, you know, binuclear families. And, um, and so this idea about let's, let's do a community, but it didn't necessarily start specifically as a couples community, um, until my wife, Kristen proposed it, but um, to take a step back there is we have a mutual friend, uh, friend, Lindsay Schwartz. And so, Hey, Lindsay, hey, Lindsay we love you. Love you. I, I was listening to a podcast and this again, so, uh, Chris and I, we were driving up to our annual, uh, goal setting, um, and forecasting weekend. And we were driving up knowing that a community is something that that we wanted to start and, um, and so Kristen's like, well, I heard um, this podcast recently with this gal named Lindsay and, um, and Lori Harder, and they were talking about um, community. And so Kristen finds the, the uh, podcast and we listen to it. And that stimulated a conversation over the weekend. And then um, Lindsay has like a five-part series on how to start a community that we listened to the entire drive home. And by the time I got home, I I shot her a DM and said, "Hey, I I'd love to connect with you more and pick your brain." Which, um, which she was open to. So we connected on a call. You know, within the first few minutes of the call, I said, "This is this is the the ninja that I need to um, align with," and I, I'm so thankful for her because um, she's she doesn't. Typically, meet with people. She doesn't coach people, and um, she says there was just something about you and what you, you know, what you're doing that um, I felt compelled to say yes. And I'm I'm so eternally grateful for that because what she allowed us to do is for me and Kristen and then two others from the team to fly down to Arizona and meet with her for the day. And um, it was during that meeting that we were we were talking through it, and she has such an abundance mindset that she just was this open book. Uh, throughout the entire conversation. And at some point Kristen uh, proposed it being a couples community. And immediately it just landed with all of us, including Lindsay. And she said, I've been asked about doing a couples community for a very long time. It's just not a path I've ever gone down, but I love it. And so that then kicked this whole uh, process into uh, into gear and um, you know, with her guidance and mentorship. Uh, she proposed that we we launch this community with a couples retreat, uh, and um, and so that's what's coming up in July. We have a two day retreat where um, it's primarily geared towards uh, couples, the the um, avatar entrepreneurial type couples, where at least one of the other are um, are an entrepreneur, but you don't have to be. You don't even have to be married to attend. We have several people that just want to learn uh, and be surrounded by other healthy couples that are also attending, but. We're going river rafting. We have a private mixer at a great friend's um, diamond shop. Um, she's got, I think, $5 million worth of these amazing pieces being flown in just for the event. Um, Lori Hep- uh, Hepburn. Gosh, I'm
0: missing out.
1: Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Um, we have uh, w- the next day, we have a mastermind with some um, incredible speakers. Uh, Ray Cash Care, former Navy SEAL, will be there. He'll be putting us through a workout as well, um, a, a great mutual friend. Uh, uh, Cynthia Thurlow um, will be speaking amongst uh, others, and Lindsay is keynoting this this event as well. And then we cap it off with um, a little private after party at uh, at Top Golf. But the entire thing is meant to get couples to do something that they haven't done for a very long time, which is to um, connect. And and go on an adventure together. Um, you know, when we're first dating, we do a lot of fun things. We go on picnics and we go and, you know, we do things to impress each other, we on our best behavior. And then you get married and you have kids, and all of a sudden, you know, if you're going on vacation, it's a family vacation, or you know, maybe it's to a resort in um in, in Mexico and you just sit and you plop down in a chair and you drink, you know, um adult-flavored beverages all weekend. And but it's not much of an adventure. This is meant to give couples an incredible adventure together and um, and really connect. But doing it with other incredible couples that are all there because they want to really be um, immersed in, in an environment where um, nobody thinks small, everybody dreams big, everybody wants to accomplish more, and health, wealth, and relationships are among the top three things that they also want to progressively become more and more successful in. Um, and so we are just, um, super excited. We're four weeks out from it. And then that formally launches the couples community that, um, will be both an in-person and virtual community for couples to learn, grow, connect, uh, and achieve more together, um, going forward.
0: Well, it's going to be a great time. Um, sorry, I'm missing it, but I will definitely be there the next one.
1: Yeah.
0: Matt Schneider, Thank you for spending time with me. I'm going to put all the places that people can find you. Um, if you guys have any questions about Matt, uh, feel free to DM me. And uh, again, this guy is very, very amazing. Can't wait to see you soon, my friend.
1: Thank you, Gab. You, you are incredible. I love you.
0: The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only. And do not constitute the practice of medicine nursing or other professional health care services including the giving of medical advice and no patient doctor relationship is formed the use of information on this podcast youtube or materials linked from the podcast or youtube is at the user's own risk the content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition. They may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.